Hey, everyone. Welcome to Trashy Divorces, Trashy Royals edition. I'm Alicia. My name is Stacy. Alicia, are we coming to the end? We are. Trashy Royals? This is the last of season 10's Trashy Royals, and y'all like the Tudors as much as I do. But for those few who are ready for anything but ye old trashy ye old England. Change it up. Coming back next week with this season's Trashy Wednesday series for season 11. I think it's going to be a fan favorite. Stacy and I, you and I are going to be trading off trashy, season 11 with trashy breakups. Couples that never married, but they're trashy just the same. Before we get there next Wednesday, July 7th, we got to wrap season 10. So this week, big royal energy. This story is tough, man. <laughs> All of our players from just about every other episode come back into this finale. To play the Game of Thrones with it, a child. That's it. It's almost the saddest story in Tudor England. It is the story of Arbella Stewart, the granddaughter of Bess of Hardwick, related to all of the family lines that could potentially hold power too. It is a dangerous time to have big royal energy. Yes. Yes, it is. Once you wrap this one up, if you need more tutors, Alicia has been at this for two years, two and a half years. At least. A, a long time. Over at Patreon, there are 50 or 60 episodes of Trashy Tutors. But sometimes, Stacy, you get involved. You've I, done tutor kitchening and I, cooking and medicine and witchery. I have been very into the, the, the dining and the brewing of the time, yes. You can find those episodes at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. If you cannot get enough trashy tutor in your trashy heart, otherwise, thank you for listening, being all the trashy, and we'll see you next week for the first week of Trashy Breakups. Let us away. Translation. Go, go, go. So are we back with a lot of tutor trash here, Alicia? This is some deep Fried Tudor trash. Wow. I'm so excited. I could I know go I for say some. I'm so excited about every Tudor story, I, I, every story. I could go for some deep fried anything after a month in quarantine. So, but we're not going to make that. So, I guess I don't get to have that. Trashier Tudors. <clears throat> Bring Welcome. it. Bring it. Welcome to Trashier Tudors. When we la- last left, <laughs> when we last left Merry Old England, Merry Old England. Well, Trashier Tutors, last time, we talked about Bess of Hardwick. You don't mess around with Bess, right? Rags to riches, four-time married, wealthiest woman in England next to the queen. The queen. Okay. QE1. QE we are going to take a little spider web from Bess of Hardwick and talk about her granddaughter, Arbella Stewart. This is maybe one of the most nefarious and also saddest stories of Tudor England. It's up there for sure in both categories. It's tragic. But just in case you forgot, just want to give you a little reminder that it is very dangerous to be related to the English throne. In whatever way you're related, dangerous games. Right. Big royal energy. Monarchs worry. Oh, B-R-E. B-R-E. Okay. This is some... B-R-E. Okay. Arbella Stewart is born in 1575. Okay. She is a product of one of the very advantageous marriages that Bess of Hardwick arranges. This one is between Bess's daughter, Elizabeth Cavendish, and Charles Stewart, the first Earl of Lennox. Okay. Arbella's mom... Elizabeth Cavendish is a big deal because she's the daughter of a titled peer. She's great if you're a girl and not royalty per se. It's a good marriage for her. But let's talk about the groom. Chuck. Chuck Stewart. Groom, groom, groom. Let's go up to my bedchamber. Yeah. Sorry, that's a 80s deep cut right there. Early 80s deep cut. (laughs) Earl of Lennox. Chuck Stewart. There's a lot of family trees in this, so I'm going to try to make it as easy as I can. Would you say it's a forest of family trees, perhaps? What I'm doing in this is I'm going to tell you, because I'm introducing some new players, but you already know who all of them are. Chuck Stewart, Earl of Lennox. He is the son of Margaret Douglas. She's the Countess of Lennox. 
Margaret Douglas. Maggie Duggs. Maggie D. Is the daughter of Margaret Tudor, who is the sister of Henry VIII. But this is not Margaret's daughter from the marriage with the King of Scotland. This is after Margaret Tudor's divorce from the King of Scotland. Margaret Tudor marries this guy named Archibald Douglas. He's the Earl of Angus. Okay. So Margaret Douglas, what I'm saying. Great stakes over there. Is the mom of the groom. Okay. Because Margaret Douglas is who she is, she is also the sister of the King of Scotland. Okay. Okay. Maggie Duggs. Maggie Duggs. You already know her. What Maggie Duggs already you know her for, she is the mother of the first husband of Mary, Queen of Scots, Lord Donnelly. She's Lord Darnley's mother, Maggie Duggs. Lord Darnley, married and then dead, remember? I mean, I know the name. I, I, I'm i very sorry to say no. I do not okay. specifically remember. I know he's a personage. <laughs> he's part of the forest of the trees. Maggie Duggs is playing in some high places. Right. With good reason. Yeah. She's the daughter of a queen and an earl. So but this has risks, as you mentioned. Charles is brother to Lord Donnelly, the other son. Oh, my God. Because he is a tutor through his grandmother, Margaret Tudor. So Chuck Stewart and Elizabeth Cavendish marry. They have a baby that is born in short order. This is Arbella, born in 1575. She's baptized in the autumn of that year in the tiny village of Edensor. High-ranking babies, different than just regular, ordinary children, need to apparently have public christenings befitting the child's rank. Edensor is the closest parish church to Chatsworth. So, big royal energy, important people are there. Also, Walsingham spies, because, mm. yeah, he shows up just sure. for good measure. I mean, when did um, Elizabeth I assume the throne? 1558. Okay. November. All right, so she's definitely, I just, I knew it was... Kind of like after 1550, I didn't know if she was on the throne yet or waiting for Henry VIII to kick off or whatever. Oh, no. Elizabeth has been on the she's throne been... 12 years now. Okay. So she's the established monarch unquestioned by all. Okay. Correct. Just want to remind you that Arbella, at birth, is the first cousin of James VI of Scotland, niece to Mary, Queen of Scots, cousin of Queen Elizabeth, heiress of the Earldom of Lennox in her own right, and also sixth in succession to the English throne. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if Henry VII or Henry VIII were on the throne at this time, this baby would have just been murdered as an infant. They were both Absolutely brutal. murdered if she was a boy. Okay. Well, um, okay. good point. Yeah. Good point. Okay. She is also... Daughters don't matter. Arbella. Have girls, everyone. Is the granddaughter of the Countess of Shrewsbury. Bess I, of Hardwick. Let me throw in, I think that naming your place Edensor... So if you take a very nice thing and make it ugly. From the baptism on, Arbella isn't really seen in public until about the age of 12. She's locked in the tower. She's a princess in the tower. She's sixth in the line. She's an important kid. She's, a, she's marriage material and important. The year after her birth, 1576, Daddy Chuck Stewart is dead at the age of 21 from <laughs> destruction of the lungs. Hmm. Like, were they destroyed by a sword, perhaps? No, he just got sick and died. A series of blows. Mm -hmm. Great. So respiratory illness. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that His in. His death, with Charles's death, it begins a shit ton of controversy. Machinations. Well, now Arbella would rightfully be the heir to the Lennox title. And her grandmother, Maggie Duggs, writes her relative, King of Scotland... <laughs> One right. of the 10,000 relations she has. No, her and, nephew, the King of Scotland. Right. Like, on thrones or near them. Hey, uh, nephew, can you just go ahead and descend the titles on Arbella and just make sure like she's set up for success? And James is like, nah, I, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and make this title extinct. Mm. And now Maggie Duggs is pissed, and so is Bess of Hardwick. Maggie Duggs writes to the Scottish Council, and she wants this earldom back for her granddaughter. 
she will have a portrait made of Arbella when Arbella is 23 months old, like with her little doll in her hand, because I don't think she'll give up her doll, using the language of Arbella's title on the portrait. Doesn't matter. Scotland's like, nope. So Maggie Duggs goes to Mary Queen of Scots to enlist her aid because you need to go to your son and you need to tell your son that this is what's happened. Like, come on. So Mary Queen of Scots adds a codicil in her will demanding that James, her kid, relinquish this title, but still not what Scotland does. What a passive aggressive way to do. Like, I will not have this conversation with him, but oh, it, but but I'll make sure it comes up well, at some point. You don't even know how you don't even know where the story goes. So James, instead of retiring the title and making it extinct, gives it to Matthew Stewart's brother. And Bess and Maggie Duggs are super mad. Because remember, Bess of Hardwick is housing Mary Queen of Scots. Oh, right. Right. Right, right, right. Okay. She's her house guest for 15 fucking right, years. Right. Okay. Maggie Duggs, Countess of Lennox, dies in 1578 when Arbella's like three. And Elizabeth will seize her, Queen Elizabeth will seize her estates announce that Arbella is now under Queen Elizabeth's protection. And Bess is like, uh, yeah, no, that's not the way it's going to work. And Bess also knows how to get shit done, so wait on it. Who does she go to? Pony boy, Robert Dudley. Hey, uh, pony boy, if you could do me a favor... I would like you to go to Queen Elizabeth and remind the queen that we really need to ensure the care of Arbella now that Maggie Duggs is dead. So Bess is not only working on Mary Queen of Scots because, well, she's her fucking prisoner. Right, she's her ward, yeah. But Bess of Hardwick is also working through Ponyboy, Robert Dudley. Okay, oh my God, you don't mess around with Bess, man. So... She wants anything she can grab for Arbella that has not yet been seized by the crown. One of those things is a casket of jewels that Maggie Duggs has given to this dude. Uh, I have his name down here. Uh, 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 Thomas Fowler. And she tells Thomas Fowler that this casket of jewels is to be delivered to Arbella at the age of 14. There's like 17 of them. A jewel set with a fair table diamond a table ruby, an emerald with a fair great pearl, a cross all set with fair great diamonds with a square-linked chain, a jewel set with a blast and fair table diamond set beneath it, an H-shaped of gold set with rock ruby, a burrish set with fair diamond, a rose set with fair diamonds, a carcinet set with table diamonds, a girdle set with table diamonds, a border set with table diamonds, a fair pearl chain a chain set with rock rubies, pillar-wise, a chain of small turquoise set upon a three-square pillar, a clock set in crystal with a wolf of gold upon, buttons of rock rubies to set on a gown, table diamonds to set upon a sleeve, two tablets of gold, the one with two agates, is that right? Agate? Agate. Agate. With two agates with divers small turquoise. Divers, I I love love that. Yeah, great word. The other enameled, the form of a globe, bracelets, two pair, one of agate, and the other of plain gold with other things that be not yet in memory. Plus three (laughs) venomous snakes. Be careful opening. (laughs) Sounds like Pandora's box, Don't surprise them. Knock first. (laughs) So this comes with a note from Mary Queen of Scots, like Thomas Fowler Mm -hmm. You have been entrusted. So not only does Maggie Duggs do it, but Margaret, Queen of Scots, like, adds on. Mary, Queen of Scots, adds on to the note. Like, it's got a double note. Okay. So Robert Dudley, pony boy, is trying to gain support for Arbella. And Elizabeth is like, uh, no. Seriously? Best of Hardwick? Richest bitch in Northampton, whatever, blah, 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 sha, is asking for money? Like, she's got a lot of nerve. She's the richest person in the land. She's paying for the upkeep of Mary Queen of Scots out of her own personal pocket. I'm not reimbursing her. I don't know if you knew that. I think Elizabeth had, never paid them for. I, I think you yeah. did say that at some point. God, yeah, it's so bad. It's really okay. rough. Like it's not that she didn't have the money. 
No, Elizabeth's just pissed, man. And she's already, like, attained everything from Maggie Duggs. Right. Right? Who's her, like, cousin Germaine, I guess. Like, she's not her aunt. Yeah, they're cousins. Like, it's all bad. Okay. But it's sweet Robin. And he's so sincere that Elizabeth finally gives in. And she's going to provide 200 pounds a year for Arbella. Okay. Arbella never gets those jewels. They're seized by Elizabeth upon the death of Thomas Fowler. Elizabeth just takes all of those. So Thomas Fowler's son, a lot of years later, will try to get him back. But I'm sorry, have you met James? Dirty, dirty, dirty James is keeping them like he did Arbella's title. Okay. (sighs) (laughs) So dad is dead, right? Arbella's dead. Chucky Stewart, dead. Elizabeth Cavendish when he dies, moves back in with Bess of Hardwick and like Bess in char- is in charge. Elizabeth has no, like Bess is her mom. Like oh, grandma sure. fucking wins. Well, and it's way early for banana husbandry for the Cavendish lady to get it on. So <laughs> Bess is in charge of everything. The kid's education. Arbella, by the time she's seven is fluent in French, Latin, and Italian. Bragger. She can sew. Do the Virginials loot dancing? She sits very straight backed. Like there, she said, braggart to be not like the prettiest of kids, but her bearing is regal and dignified. There are no other kids hanging out with Bess of Hardwick. You have Mary, the exiled Scottish queen, right. a husband that she's fighting with, and staffs all day. But here's the weird thing. I'm sure she's hearing plenty of very healthy messaging about her own body and role in the world. Elizabeth, the mom, doesn't ever really pay attention to Arbella. Arbella is definitely Bess's kid. And during Twelfth Night celebrations in 1582, so Arbella's like seven, Elizabeth, her mom, is like, I'm not feeling great, and dies that night, age of 27, leaving Arbella solely in the care of Bess. Now... This alone truly states Bess's importance of the day because the usual pattern for like, oh, orphan titled child would be for the kid's wardship to go to William Cecil, Lord Burley. Okay, and it Cecil is the one who sort of abused somebody enough to maybe have been Shakespeare? Yeah. Am I right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Lord Burley. Okay, normally... That kind of wardship will go to him, and he gets wealthy as fuck. That's how he got, what's his, like, that guy. Right. Um, And he gets wealthy as fuck until he can arrange a marriage between one of his wardships and another family that will owe him some, okay. Right, and this harkens back to your your Shakespeare, your, your is it, was it two parts? On, yeah, three. That was awesome. Who may have, yeah. who may have been William Shakespeare- that was in one or two. The last one we're going to talk about at the end of this story. You're never going to see it coming. Oh. Except I just told you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> edit, edit it out. Got that. Okay. So Lord Burley does not. Bess is like, no, I think I'm going to retain my grandchild. Thanks very much. So off they go to Hardwick Hall. Now Bess, remember, is married to George Talbot. Earl of Shrewsbury. Oh, you, it's you looked at me like I was going to pipe up with, ah, the Earl of Shrewsbury. That's but it. I did not. Who may or may not be fucking around with Mary, exiled Queen of Scots. <sighs> um, this is Bess's last husband. Marriage counseling has happened, remember, from Elizabeth I, but it doesn't go good. Sure. Uh, they have not a problem with maintaining independent residences, which yeah. I think they're doing from like the mid 1580s, if I remember. Things might have been different if better help had been around. Okay. Well, let's talk about the fucking trickiness of this. Bess thinks that even though Mary, exiled Queen of Scots, has been a help for the child, that in fact, it turns out with Mary out of the way, Arbella is one step closer to the throne. Okay. Okay. So Mary, Queen of Scots, is hanging out with Arbella and they're super close. And Mary gets wind of part of the plot about this and the relationship becomes 
really bitter. And maybe George Talbot was fucking Mary Queen of Scots, but maybe Mary Queen of Scots is just protecting herself too from getting too close to the kid and protecting herself because maybe Bess was plotting also. We're not going to judge. Around this time, Hmm. Bess actually begins building Hardwick Hall. And, like, more glass than stone. Oh, right, 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 right. Bess. Building projects, yeah, we talked about it. But think about on the back end of this. How close do I get my grandchild to the throne? Bess is building a palace benefiting a future queen here. Make no mistake. It is not like it is not like any other home. Elizabeth couldn't have built anything finer. Bess will give her staff instructions that Arbella is to be called your highness. She is to be treated as royalty. Oh, she no. is served first at every table after her food is tasted for poison. Why don't you just set and her you up better curtsy too to be murdered by like, the queen, by the actual queen. <laughs> so more tricks. Arbella's like seven years old. No, I'm just saying, like, that's a dangerous game you're playing there. Uh-huh. I mean, I I guess somebody's got to play the Game of Thrones or the drama goes right out of it, but man. Big royal energy. So Bess. Hmm. Matchmaker galore. Mm. Matchmaker, matchmaker. Two very powerful grandmothers, right? Now Maggie Duggs is dead. And Bess is like, all right, I'm in charge of this now. Who do I marry you to? Mm. And her first choice, (laughs) I can't. I'm guessing someone that's a terrible idea. Son of Pony Boy. Oh, geez. Lord Denby, who was two years old. Oh, well. uh, Okay. So (sighs) both Bess of Hardwick and Pony Boy like this option. It keeps everybody really close to the throne. Right. Which is maybe not where the monarch wants people to be well but it keeps that like pony boy's allegiance to elizabeth right this is early 15 you know 80s yeah i'm just like I, okay I, yeah okay hold on i get that big deals like to marry each other but maybe if this succeeds robert dudley would be the queen's father-in-law if the plan to put arbella on the throne works lord denby too and arbella like Third grade, whatever, are formally betrothed. It's all going great, except he's two, but you should consider yourself married, although you need to wait a long time. Sure. Go back and hit the books. So the one person who isn't on board with this plan because she didn't know about the plan. Maybe we'll let you do this when you're 10 or so. Just, (laughs) you know, keep learning potty training. Who didn't they tell? Arabella? The queen. Oh. Ha. Who is outraged, I tell you. I would imagine. And Pony Boy ordered out of court. Yeah. And she's even- got spies everywhere. Did they really God. think they were going to pull this off? Okay, even worse. Lord Denby dies in 1584. At the age of? Whatever, four. Oh, my like, God. It's just sad. <laughs> my betrothed has died. I'm a widow. I'm nine. He nearly spoke English. <laughs> Any language. He was almost at a nappy. <laughs> okay. So, Bess, after this. I know exactly what our babies would have looked like. <laughs> this is so stupid. Because he is one that was. Before his untie, I'm guessing plague, flu, okay. destruction of the lungs, something. Bess is not going to tempt fate. She's dabbled. She's <laughs> learned. She's not going to make any other marriage agreements. <laughs> for Arbella. For, for the very young child in her care. Well, Arbella's 11, and now it's 1587. Well, now she is. <laughs> It was 1587. Okay. Arbella's 11. Very modern modern times. And sees everyone celebrating the beheading of Mary, the exiled Queen of Scots. Yikes. And Arbella's like, hey, that lady was my friend my whole life. I I grew up with her. She was like my aunt. Where'd her head go? Was that a wig? But Bess of Hardwick, it was a wig. It was a wig. Um, Sees that, whoa, 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 Arbella, you just stepped up on the ladder. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. 
Hold on, though. Okay, remember, Mary's son James is presumed to be heir assumptive of England. Like, he will be next in the line of succession. Elizabeth is always super cagey. She never talks about who's second in line because she remembers how much it affected her. And then there are plots and people rally around. Like, she's got a reason to be paranoid. But hold on. Between James and Arbella, Arbella's claim is stronger because she was born in England. And the rules for attaining... Like, the titles or whatever? uh, Kingdoms. Is that you cannot be an alien birth. Like, you have to be born in England. <laughs> I'm so... Um, you need to be native. Wow, there is a rule? Mm-hmm. Somewhere? There are rules around this process? Apparently. So, Arbella's claim is actually stronger. All right. So, God, fuck, King James is just a dick. So, now he decides, right, with his mom dead, now is the time to write a letter <laughs> to Elizabeth. It's pretty much, I'm going to paraphrase. Hey, uh, cuz, how goes it? Super cool over here. Thanks for killing my mom. Um, I'd like a letter now that secures my succession uh, from you to me. And it would be super cool if you could just write that letter up for me. And also, uh, there's something else I need you to do. I need you to make sure there's no other potential claimant in line. You know that Arbella kid? Uh, if you could just make any contract of marriage that might strengthen her position um, illegal and kill people, okay, for it. Thanks, Kay. Awesome. Bye. Peace out. And Elizabeth, right? Notoriously paranoid for good fucking reason. I mean, it sounds like a pretty good idea. If never you talks of her death or what the succession plan is going to happen like. Right. It's like, yeah, bro, you got a lot of damn nerve. So she writes King James back like, uh, yeah, there is someone totally else. Hey, Jimbo, got your letter. Yeah. Was thinking, shut the fuck up if you like your head on your neck. And uh, Arbella is pretty cool. She is also in the running, and I'm going to invite her to court for the first time. She's 12, and I think she's going to do really well here. It's weird she's not yet married. So Bess of Hardwick is kind of in some fucking trouble. She doesn't come with Arbella this time. Uh, Laying low. (laughs) Well, Arbella is escorted by Bess's son, and then the bad son, and Charles, and then she'll stay with Mary Talbot in London. But Arbella goes to court. She dines with Elizabeth. It's the summer of 1587. Arbella is treated with deference due to her rank. She takes precedence over all other ladies in England. She's a great success. That goes so well. She gets invited back in 1588, and she returns. But Arbella has turned 13. <laughs> And has shaved half of her head and yeah. dyed it rainbow. She's wearing a fucking Ramon shirt. I don't know who the modern equivalent of a cool band is, but she's listening to like, I don't know, like Bell and Sebastian, but also Tegan and Sarah. Like, I don't know. Just well, map that to today. I don't know. To me, it appears that Arbella, now 13, mm. has met a not very friendly friend called Puberty. Mm. So she goes back and acts just like a fucking teenager. I am more important than everyone else and even does this in Elizabeth's presence. Wow. Bold. Needless to say. Goes over well. This causes some conflicts mm. and Arbella ends up being ordered from court by the master of ceremonies of the big party that they're at. Also in this year, the second Earl of Lennox, Ludwig Stewart, wants to marry Arbella. And Bess is like, uh, no. So Ludwig Stewart, who has taken over the title, right? Hey, not me. What about my sons? Nope. Oh, God. Also, in like 1589, Arbella may have been hanging out with Christopher Marlowe before his weird death. Okay. So in like 1589, there's this letter that's written by Bess about Chris Morley, Christopher Morley, which is sometimes a name that Marlowe goes by. Uh, he's kind of out of sorts in the space of three years. He's attended to Arbella. He'd like an annuity of like 40 pounds uh, because he's so much out of pocket after he left the university. There's an interesting little segue. 
Okay. 1590. George Talbot. Lord Shrewsbury. Bess's husband dies. So, like, happy days are here again. Bess gets all of her properties back. Her manors, her ironworks, her pastures, her glassworks, her coal pits, her parks. She gets her widow's jointure. Like, woo! Now she's really, really rich. Poor Arabella, still locked in the tower. <laughs> 1592. The Duke of Parma puts himself up as a contender to, he's ancient, but he is an English descendant of, you're never going to see it coming, oh, John of Gaunt. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And Duke of Parma is like, okay, if not me, what about my sons? Because uh, they're looking for a Catholic alliance. But the problem with his sons is one of them is already married with a shit ton of kids. And the other's a cardinal in the fucking Vatican. Oh, my God. Okay. Queen Elizabeth is like, uh, no, that is not going to happen. Your claims are dumb. This brings us to 1602. And plots are nothing new. Oh, my God. If you could script a, you know, quote, unquote, reality show around this. It, it's amazing. This would be it's uh, amazing. unwatchable, but also a train wreck you could not turn away from. Tudor King. Okay. <sighs> That's great. Thanks. Plots are nothing new to the English establishment. People are always trying to fucking overthrow Elizabeth I. Like, she really does have a right to be paranoid. And after Mary, Queen of Scots, Catholics are like, hey, we need somebody new to recruit and plot around. Maybe we can get Arabella. So, oh, God. Henry Percy Knight, Earl of Lumberton, whatever. Like, the Percys are all up in that shizzle like they always have been. Because the Percys do as much dealing as the Seymours do and the Dudleys do, right? And Queen Elizabeth is getting highly suspicious that Bess is plotting with the Catholic faction. And Arabella is 27 now. Oh, wow. Well, good for her living that long. Still locked in the tower and fed okay. up. Tired of waiting. Is going to arrange her own marriage. She's chosen a groom who may or may not know that he's the groom. What is she, a normal person? Can't even tell you how bad this lineup is. Dude named Edward Seymour. Did you hear Seymour? I did. Yeah, it's bad. Okay, what's worse is this guy and his big royal energy. Because Eddie, Eddie C, Eddie Seymour, oh my God. It's an S, right? Eddie uh, S, Okay. <laughs> Is the eldest grandson of the Earl of Hertford, who is another dude named Edward Seymour, <laughs> who has already been a big fat traitor to the crown. Oh, good. Okay, great. Because that <laughs> Edward Seymour, <laughs> the Earl of Hertford, when he was young, married Catherine Gray, who was big royal energy. She's the granddaughter of Mary Tudor, the French queen, the other sister of Henry VIII. So, just as connected to the Tudor line, Eddie Seymour is, but through the other sister. So, Arbella is connected through Margaret, Eddie Seymour connected through Mary, and now we have double claimants here. Why doesn't Parliament <laughs> just periodically convene? And declare, like, I don't know, like, Arbella can never be the queen. Kachoo! Like, that would save lives. I mean, that's been done before, and that yeah. hasn't mattered when it came to overthrowing well, the law if, to make it happen. Look, if you can raise an army and wage war, that's a, like, it doesn't matter what Parliament thought. But I feel like, I feel like some of this could be smoothed over if they just, like, decreed, okay. like, you're actually out of the running, as are all your descendants. Bye bye Thanks for playing. You can keep all your stuff. Grandpa Eddie Seymour gets wind of this. And I need to give you a little background on him. Because back in the day, oh, God, it's so bad. Eddie Seymour is a young guy. will remember the time that he secretly married Catherine Gray, daughter of Francis Brandon, granddaughter of Mary Tudor, without permission and they both got locked in the Tower of London. Catherine was already pregnant with this Edward Seymour when she entered the Tower of London. She will die in the Tower. He will not. 
but they end up having conjugal visits in the tower because one of the guards lets them like do their thing and she ends up getting pregnant in the tower which causes Elizabeth I to find that guard like 15,000 pounds or something crazy oh my God. because Catherine Grey will have another son named William. Okay. Earl Grey? Oh, my God. So Grandpa Eddie remembers the time when he was locked in the tower for marrying Catherine Grey without, you know, the permission of the ruler. And he knows that his son Edward has made a less than good match. This is his grandson's dad because of the fears of the queen. And now the offspring, Eddie, wants to marry Arbella and sweet Jesus. Like, Grandpa Eddie is like, no, not going to happen on my watch. So he goes to tell the queen that this is going to happen. December 1602, Arbella sends a servant out with a message that talks of the secret marriage between her and Eddie Seymour. This guy's name is uh, Dotteridge. (laughs) I can't make it up. He's captured, the servant. The message is found. He's held at the gatehouse jail at Westminster for being involved in a plot against the queen. Arbella is waiting to be rescued from her tower at Hardwick. And in January 1603, Sir Henry Bronker, the right-hand man of Elizabeth, comes to Hardwick. And he gives a letter to Bess of Hardwick and then asks to speak to Arbella in private. Arbella is made to write a confession and sign it, begging pardon from the queen for this great offense. She's lucky to not be in the fucking tower. Bess will beg that Arbella be placed anywhere else besides Hardwick. Like, Bess is trying to get Arbella out of the sling. Oh, if she's anywhere else, she'll learn to be more considerate and get a marriage that the queen will approve of. Get her out of the clink. Well, the queen's like, nah. Hardwick's pretty away from everything, and uh, I'm going to keep her there, but I'm going to send my people out there to watch Arbella for you. And Bess is like, I cannot guarantee the results of this outcome, (laughs) essentially. And Arbella refuses to eat until she's removed from Hardwick. So Elizabeth's right-hand man, Bronker, comes back. And Arbella's like, oh, this was all a lie anyway. The marriage was never going to happen. It's all untrue. I made it all up. So then Arbella has to be pardoned again. She is writing letters to Bronker. And like they're just irrational. They don't make any sense. And Bronker like concludes Arbella's insane. In March, there are more plans to help Arbella escape from Hardwick, which are foiled. Okay, bad son, Charles Cavendish and his buddy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are waiting for Arbella to come out and take her exercise in the yard. Sure. But she doesn't that day, and she never passes through the other gate. So they have, like, 40 dudes waiting in the village to ride her to... Oh, my God. But To safety someplace. Yeah, okay. Well, Elizabeth hears of this attempted escape, and, like... It's like, I am done with this. This is March, 1603. Elizabeth is about to die. But Elizabeth is still preoccupied enough to be like, all right, Arbella, you're going to the home of the Earl of Kent. Bess, be at peace for now. Bess is out of the firing range. Well, I do know that Queen Arbella I assumes a throne after Elizabeth. (laughs) So I know where this is spoilers. (laughs) In our alternate reality, that's totally what happened. Okay. But it's spring, 1603, right? The queen is dead. Long live the yeah. king. Yeah. Which is now James, James the sixth Stewart, of right? Scotland. Yeah. Yep. Now is James the first of England. Wait, who would not give her, give Arabella yep. a title? Okay. Yep. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Wheels on the bus go weird and weird. So in the same year, 1603, because, you know, plotter's going to plot, Arbella is contacted in a plot to overthrow King James. And Arbella, looking at all the examples of her ancestors, immediately reports the plot to James. Like, That's, I'm not here to fight you for your title, man. Hopefully good thinking. I'm cool. Like, I have that. Hey, Jimmy. But in 1604, the king of Poland oh my God. is like, hey, uh, election interference. This <laughs> Arbella lady would be a terrific wife. Oh. But that's rejected as well. Oh. Because guess what? Arbella is now fourth in line to the throne. But you can't ship her off to Warsaw and feel pretty good about that choice? 
apparently because like, she'd be Catholic. Oh, icon of let's replace James. So James is a Protestant. I get very confused. I don't. Yeah, because I don't Mary, think Arbella's like all that. Not, I don't hear about any of her like religious fucking piety. But if you need an if you need a person of royal lineage. To be the stand-up person to confront the current ruler, she's your gal, right? Well, Ish. except she runs off to James to be like, hey, there's a there's a plot and I'm well, not part of it. She kind of wants to stay alive, right? Uh, weird. Okay. I mean, it's she's done quite a lot staying alive thus far, to be honest. Well, James is like, uh, yeah, Did- you're fourth in line to the throne and I don't like you to have quite this much autonomy. For people to get to you to plot to overthrow me. So uh, you're no longer going to live with your grandma, Bess. I'm going to take you to live at my court so I can keep an eye on you. But, uh, dude, James is a dick. Uh, he won't provide for her financially. So she's got really no resources to live, but is expected to live at court. In 1605, Bess of Hardwick will visit Arabella uh, for the peerage of William on behalf of James, she was given 300 pounds in cash and a gold cup. Now, early 1608, here's Arbella still languishing. Bess of Hardwick is reported ill. Her maid does not leave her bedside day or night. She will die on the 13th of February, 1608. Bess of Hardwick will not include... Her bad son, I'm sorry, Henry Cavendish, I think is the bad son, not Charles, or Arabella in her will. Oh. In 1610, Arabella is 35. Oh, fuck. Okay. Do you have your socks on or off? So at this point, she has never been married. She has no nope. children. Nope. She literally has, has just been sort of locked in a fucking tower, languishing yeah. her entire like life. Like other people mm-hmm. have been basically making her play keep away from the throne, more or less. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Bess dies in 1608, and now Arabella, for the first time, has, like, a little more freedom to choose whatever she wants to do. And in 1610, Arabella's going to choose another groom. She's 35. He's 22. Hmm. His name is William Seymour. Not only is he 13 years younger, I'm not making it up, he is also the grandson of fast grandpa Eddie Seymour and Catherine Gray. He's the brother of the first dude she tried to marry in 1602. Trash it. Well, we both. the win. We have so much in common. Like the Tower of London. It's very important <laughs> to uh, both of our origin stories, really. So remember, <laughs> his grandmother, William Seymour, Catherine Gray, mm. who's the sister to Lady Jane Gray, mm-hmm. meaning they're all the granddaughters mm-hmm. of Mary Tudor. So guess what? He has big royal energy blood in him. He is sixth in line to the throne. Okay. So now four in line to the throne. And six in and line. And six in line to the throne want to get married. And King James is uh, not a dummy. And it's like, uh, I don't think so. That sounds an awful lot like you two want my crown. And the couple fiercely denies it. There's nothing going on. Hump, hump. There's touch along. There's Plotting. nothing to see here. But the couple will secretly marry the 22nd of June, 1610, at Greenwich Palace. And the king is like, uh, fuck no. <laughs> you both are going to prison. This is how we get mean time. Welcome. <laughs> time out. Arbella is locked up at Thomas Perry's home in Lambeth. William Seymour, who is now Lord Beecham, is in the Tower of London. But the two of them are still writing love letters. And then the king finds out that the two of them are still writing love letters. And he locks Arbella down tighter. She's sent out to the Bishop of Durham. <gasps> oh, my God. They want to call her. And, and like she's like, no, nah, no, nah, I can't leave. I'm too uh, uh, sick to go. So she delays the departure to write some more letters and uses this delay to make it a scape. Okay. So she will dress like a man Hmm. and ride horseback out, makes her daring escape because they're going to meet at the port and they're going to get on a boat and sail to Calais together and live happily ever after. Good for them. So do they? She dresses (laughs) as a man, rides horseback. Mm -hmm. William 
does not arrive before the ship is supposed to leave. Mm. So she, right, waits. He doesn't come. She finally gets on a ship. So she's on the ocean. May Lord, as well. Nah. What's left in England for you? Lord Beecham, William Seymour, does manage to get out of the tower a little bit later than planned. He's disguised as his barber. And once he reaches where she is, she's gone. And he's like, oh, shit. So, like, he gets on, right? He's going to find Different her. boat, yeah. I'm on a boat. But with inside of Calais, her ship is overtaken by fucking King James. And she gets taken, captured, back, imprisoned in the Tower of London, refuses to eat, and will pass away in the Tower of London, September 25th, 1615. Dude. The age of 35. I was trying to leave and have a life. Wow. It's the story of Arbella Stewart, the saddest that really is. story in Tudor England. Hold on. That is a misery. Two other, two other little quick tidbits here. A hundred letters from Arbella have survived. Her collection was published in 1993 of letters, which is kind of interesting. William Seymour, the groom, eventually does get released from the tower and will go on to marry a gal named Frances Devereux. She is the daughter of one of the queen's favorites, Robert Devereux. That's her dad. Her mom is Latisse Knowles, the queen's cousin. Right. Okay. Latisse Knowles is going to go on to marry Pony Boy when William's father, the Earl of whatever, Walter, dies. Okay. Wait. William. Seymour, the lady he marries. Frances Walsingham, you already know. She's the daughter of Secretary of State slash Spymaster, Frances Walsingham. Power behind the throne, all that. Hold on. Remember Frances Walsingham? Her first husband was Philip Sidney, who we talked about in the third Shakespeare episode, Who's the Brother of Mary Sidney? Remember Philip Sidney is the most famous poet and he died in battle? And Mary Sidney, his sister, rewrites all of his work and maybe she's Shakespeare. And maybe she's Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. You made a good case for her being Shakespeare. Uh, Thank you so much. Those are the spider webs of Arbella Stewart. Granddaughter of Bess of Hardwick, related to everyone. Big royal energy. Can we make sure in the show notes that we link to the Shakespeare? Because those were great. Those episodes were fantastic. They were the end of December from 2019. Okay. There were three of them in succession. Let's they track were really them down fun. and, and yeah. get links to them. Um, I do wish Patreon was sort of better, better searchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll we'll see if we can help out with that. Um, yeah. Okay. That's Arabella Stewart. That is so sad. That is so Sad. She was just a pawn in someone else's I, game from the day she was born. Ashamed to be related to all of you mm-hmm. insane motherfuckers out there. Uh-huh. Like she, but she doesn't align herself with anybody who's going to keep her out of harm's way. True. It doesn't sound like she aligned herself really with anyone. She just wanted to be rescued. She's, yeah. <laughs> just want to be married and have a family and have a, somebody come yeah. and take me away it's, from being a pawn in somebody's game my whole life. Yeah, I'm tired honestly, of languishing. Like this story kind of makes me see a little bit about what the, like the founders of the United States were trying to, to have not happen in the, you know, like they just don't, didn't want like these like ridiculous, all powerful people to be able to just fuck with normals who uh, were just trying to live their lives. I'm not saying it happened. I'm just saying that was that was like a, a that was sort of the the overt intent of uh, you know checks and balances all the stuff they made in our government. Like I know she's not technically a normal, right? Like she is blood to the to the throne, but still want to be Queen Spice. I I don't. It's just the saddest story. So Eddie Seymour's. Tale, Grandpa Eddie Seymour, who interferes in this, does have a sad tale because the same thing happened with he and Catherine Gray. Mm. Like, there are these series of thwarted lovers throughout Tudor times that I find fascinating. But Arbella sort of wraps out the end of the Tudors in the saddest of the stories, plus, like, royal lineage. Like, 
dallying with all the people who have the other sister's bloodline in between it. Oh, let me go for the brother of the... Oh, God. It's so trashy. It's so trashy. And it's so sad because they do get married. And then she just languishes away for lack of love. Which is a well for sadder I, alternative than I got knocked up in the tower. No, I, I think for by, like Catherine Gray did. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that it was lack of love as much as it was just lack of agency. She was just. It sounds like she was just never, ever, ever allowed to to be Arabella. <laughs> We've now had three hundred years of what Plantagenets and Tudors and Yorks do to their relatives. And it's awful. It's not pretty. Bad it's people. Bad. They're bad people. B R E U. Big royal, royal energy. energy. Anyway, that's Arabella Stewart, the sad and tragic, the sad, tragic, and heart racing tale like sail across the sea, dress as a man. Like they're daring. It's, it's all a hell of a narrative. For the saddest story ever. That's all I got. All right. That is Trashy Tutors. We will be back tomorrow with... Oh, April in Paris. I gotta go finish writing my story. It's amazing. Talk about some tragedy. I shouldn't be so happy. It is tragic. (laughs) It is some French tragic and it's sad. Till then. Till then. Keep it tragic. No, keep it trashy, friends. And stay safe. Big, Big love. Big love. And we'll talk soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy y'all. <laughs>